both body movements and gestures set against each other heard the rising voices irritated pleading quickly tala turned and went back into her own room she closed the door with finality by leaning her back fully against it and stood for a moment as if casting around for something to hold on to her eyes went to her desk her laptop her work she sat down to finish correcting a contract that had been sent to her earlier that day The soft shift of her pencil on the stiff paper soothed her in some way, until the chime of her mobile interrupted her. She answered it, while her pencil continued to work. We could just elope, you know. She smiled at Hanny's voice. But then you wouldn't get to see me dressed like a Bond girl, she replied dryly. He laughed. Must be insanity over there, with the preparations and everything. Tala had just found three errors in one clause, and neglected to answer quickly enough. Tala, you're working, aren't you? Half an hour before our engagement party starts. Tala laid the proofs on the desk and leaned forward in her chair. It's my first order, Hanny. I have to make it work. My father's already pressing me to come back to the family business. You will make it work, he replied, his voice serious, kind. You will. I love you, Tala. Tala smiled at the phone. Me too, honey. Me too. When he rang off, she did not pick up her work again, but sat still for a moment, the kind of pause she rarely allowed to punctuate her days. There was music outside floating up to her from the garden. The band was testing microphones and speakers. Closing her eyes, she frowned, straining to hear the song that was being sung. Heartbreak and sorrow seemed enveloped in the soft liquidity of a female voice, which had an underlying richness that poured along the registers of notes like warm syrup. Her cadences and inflections, the heart-stopping pause as she sang up or down a range, were uniquely Eastern, unmistakably Arab. But the voice was buoyed from beneath by the flamenco rhythms of a guitar, and it was pulled higher by the intense, aching stretch of two violins. She listened for a few seconds more, until the band halted their test abruptly, and then she returned, with concentration, to her contract. Rima glanced at the kitchen clock. For fifteen minutes now, she had been trying to get Halawani to take back the cake and repair it, which he steadfastly refused to do lest she interpret it as an admission of guilt on his part, which of course she would have. Turning on her velvet-slippered heel, she left the competing protestations of the staff and the baker, not to mention the grating screech of the microphones that were being tested outside and the irritating itch of her husband's nervousness as he watched two hundred table settings of silver and stiff linen being checked and stalked across the heavy blocks of pure marble that covered the entire ground floor of the house like the finely veined, flawless skin of a soft-complexioned woman. She stepped carefully onto the wide sweep of the staircase and walked up as if leaving a room filled with a hundred admirers. It was one of her small pleasures, this ascending of the staircase, which was such a showpiece, such a piece of theatre, suspended above the flowing expanse of the living area below. At the top she turned left, the right wing of the house contained her daughter's suites, and crossed twenty yards of hallway before gaining her own bedroom. The bed was of gargantuan proportions, adorned with a selection of suede and silk cushions. She liked the romance of the look, 
and it was echoed in the hand-painted wallpaper, in the florid flounce of the curtains, and in the plump pinkness of the sofas which framed the sitting area. Conscious of the time, Rima walked straight into her dressing room, where the much-anticipated pleasure of a strong cigarette awaited her. Her Indian housekeeper, Rani, was standing in the middle of the room, holding two glittering evening gowns. Each arm stretched high above her head in an effort to prevent the hems from touching the carpet. She was only barely successful in her endeavor, since she was a good eight inches shorter than Rima and her dresses. Rima paused, and her eyes flickered intently over each gown. She pointed. That one. Yes, madam. With relief, Rani laid down the gowns. The tops of her arms ached. Where's my coffee? Coming, madam. Rima sat upon the plush velvet chair before the towering three-paneled mirror, attached a slim black holder to the end of the cigarette, applied the flame of an alabaster lighter to the other end.